Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness. Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome Todd Bellamare, SVP of Strategic Solutions at Definitive Healthcare. Todd has spent his executive leadership career building healthcare provider and patient analytics. He has grown powerful data and professional services teams at Definitive Healthcare and DRG, and has helped thousands of leading life sciences and technology companies build their commercialization strategies through a deep understanding of the healthcare facilities, physicians, and patient landscape. With more than 20 years of experience in the hospital equipment, medical device, clinical trials, technology, and data and analytics fields, Todd brings a complete picture to his analysis and discussions. In this episode, we're discussing retail clinics and how providers can adapt. Thank you for joining us today, Todd. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Kelly. Well, great. Well, let's jump in. How did you gather the data for Definitive Healthcare's recent Retailers and Healthcare Report? So a a few different ways, actually. So one way, of course, is looking at uh, the different sorts of um, surveys and uh, PubMed uh, articles that are out there on some of the changes in the healthcare retail market that have happened over the last five or six years or so. We also have here at Definitive Healthcare a, 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 a basically a, the foundational claims data asset uh, called the Atlas uh, All Pair Claims Data Set, which includes data from clearinghouses all over the U.S. that allows us to longitudinally track patients uh, where they are seeking out healthcare and the sorts of things that they're going through, uh, you know, what, what's being billed for them at those places of service. And so really kind of tracking. Uh, not anecdotal, but but actual real data that's happening, real world data that is is going out uh, through those clearinghouses and into the definitive asset that allows us to really kind of track trends and and do some analytics around what is happening and what what sort of trends are uh, transpiring across the different settings of care in the U.S. healthcare system. Very interesting. So, what are your top takeaways from the report? What surprised you the most? So, you know, one thing I always found interesting about uh, retail clinics is sort of the convenience of it. You know, I, I think as a parent myself, you know, on a Saturday morning thinking, oh, man, my my daughter has a, a real, real heavy cold. I'm worried about it. I don't want to go to an ER or, you know, her doctor's office may be closed. But the minute clinic or the retail clinic down the street is is open, they're taking appointments, and you can do it really quickly, very conveniently, and it's within a five to ten minute drive from my house. And so, with that in mind, you know, kind of looking at the behavior spread throughout the last five years or so of those really taking off, and and really, it's the just sheer volume is the surprising aspect to it. So, you know, in the report, we talk about a two hundred percent increase in a five year span of those retail clinics, uh, just the activity, the, the patient volume going through those clinics. And, you know, obviously a lot of that was spurned by the the COVID pandemic and the number of patients coming in for vaccinations. But even without that, when you strip that away, uh, and certainly since the pandemic has waned a bit, you do see a decrease in the total volume from those highs, but still excluding all of the vaccinations and the, the COVID uh, visits, you do see a major increase of over 20% over 
the 2017 numbers uh, and into 2020 and 21 as you look uh, across time and sort of trend that analysis. So the volume for sure. Um, and, and then I always think, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of something a certain way, but then to see everybody is thinking that same way and going into those clinics is uh, not surprising, I suppose, but the volume certainly was a big surprising piece of it. Those are some great takeaways. Why have retail clinics seen so much growth recently, and is this pace sustainable? That's an interesting question about sustainability. I, I do think that the reason we're seeing it is the diversification of some of those those really large companies that are getting involved. So you know you have places like CVS and Walgreens and Walmart and Kroger that see just a huge amount of of foot traffic, and they're looking to diversify their their offerings and you know most of them have some sort of pharmacy involved and so it's kind of a natural progression from seeing patients come in to pick up their prescriptions to thinking well what else could we do for their, those people where they're already here in our building what can we do to expand our services and the healthcare market is is massive right at 4.3 trillion dollars per year and growing so it's only natural for those types of companies to sort of look at that as an opportunity they're seeing those patients, especially if you're going to, you know, a pharmacy that's in any of these retail spaces, you already have your healthcare in mind. And so having them be able to expand on that and, and start offering the clinics or almost like a PCP visit uh, at some point is, is what these are turning into. So I do think in terms of uh, the expansion of this, this we're going to see this more and more. Uh, you see in California with Kaiser Permanente working with Target. Uh, that's an interesting sort of uh, combination that we see happening out there in California. When you see those sorts of collaborations happen, you know, they're two really large companies working together for a common goal, you know, it, it's, you know, they're two winning companies and it's kind of hard to bet against them is, is the point, I suppose. But I, I do think that as we go forward, looking at some of the healthcare systems, almost losing a little bit of market share or patient share, so to speak, to those retail clinics, you're probably going to see some more collaboration between those health systems and the retail clinics themselves, whether that's you know, buying out a retail clinic or or buying some of the the locations from them to be able to service their patients better uh, from the health systems perspective, or those partnerships, just like with Kaiser and, and Target. I think that's the sort of the wave of the future, and and people are seeing that as patients are you know our busy lives are are only getting more busy, and the convenience factor of having some of those uh, facilities or those retail clinics so close by is just hard to ignore. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how has this growth impacted traditional healthcare systems? So I, I do see that when you have a patient going to a retail clinic, uh, they're not always getting referred back to their PCP. So um, you, you do see some of that that PCP-like behavior, uh, meaning like I'm going to go see my doctor for you know my chronic pain management or chronic condition management or even just for a, a yearly checkup. A lot of those things where they used to go to their PCB's office, they're slowly starting to use retail clinics for that. And so what the the traditional providers are seeing is a little bit of a dip in the number of, of patient visits they're going to see. And obviously those patient visits translates to, to real money that they are making on a day-to-day -day basis. So 
that's sort of the the reason why I think that as those traditional providers see more and more of these uh, retail clinics spring up in their neighborhood, they're going to start to look for opportunities to partner or 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 collaborate in some way uh, because it is taking a little bit of a bite. It's not a, a big uh, change right now is not there's not you know they're not losing millions upon millions of dollars to these re- retail clinics but you do see that trend line is increasing over time and, and somewhat unabated sure which uh, retail chains are dominating this space and why so CVS certainly uh, is the the top one in the market in terms of the I think sixty something percent they they uh, have uh, in of, of all the retail clinics uh, CVS minute clinics are are about sixty three ish percent I believe it is so so that is something that they really leaned into hard uh, a number of years ago and and again it's it's really increasing we we actually interviewed uh, a member of the CVS Health uh, uh, retail clinic uh, group in in our podcast and and she was talking about their expansion into behavioral health. And so I do think CVS is going to take another step in that direction. Uh, some of the other folks out there that are uh, obviously working hard and and building out their retail strategy, you have uh, Walmart and Kroger and uh, Walgreens. So those are the the other ones in the market. And you're you know, obviously, Amazon is sort of a a big player. It's starting to become a big player in healthcare with their purchase of PillPack a number of years ago, and now the One MD acquisition. Uh, that is more of a. It's not really a retail clinic, so to speak, but you can imagine, you know, as the the margins for this business and the just the size of the pie that's out there, you know, you're going to see some of those larger players start to get into into that market, like the Amazon and possibly even Apple. Uh, with you know the Apple Watch is slowly becoming almost a medical device, so you can imagine them sort of having some sort of of segue into the healthcare market uh, even deeper as we go you know along these next couple of years or so. Sure, those are a lot of large familiar names. There uh, are underserved communities benefiting from this rapid growth. Why or why not? So I would say not as much as we would hope to. And I think that's it's partially a question of real estate. And what I mean by that is you look at where a lot of these, the companies that I just mentioned, you know, Walgreens, CVS, Kroger, the majority of their locations are in urban areas. And so they're not really in rural communities that are traditionally have been underserved by the healthcare market in general. And, you know, the rural communities really have been missing out uh, a lot in the last five years or so with the number of uh, the sort of the dearth of healthcare services being offered in those areas. And so, you know, right now, if you look at like the footprint of where those retail clinics are, they're, they're really not reaching into the right places when it comes to a more diverse patient population, especially the ones that have been traditionally underserved. So it's not right now. Uh, the hope, of course, is in the future as we can sort of slowly creep out from some of the urban areas and start to to have some of these facilities in, in again, those underserved areas. That, that That is the hope, of course. But again, you'd mentioned, you know, we talked about these being big names. And so they're big corporations. And so big corporations, you know, they're going to look for the right populations that would be coming into a retail place of service, right? So they're they're looking for people who are coming in to buy, you know, their laundry detergent and, you know, um, 
the deodorant and, and toothpaste and, and so on and so forth, in addition to maybe trying to go in and, and have, you know, a flu shot or uh, maybe have, you know, get a checkup on, on a cold or maybe, you know, get a medication or something like that. And so if you think of it from that perspective, you know, they're looking at geographies that meet their expected income levels and, and the populations that they want to serve. So it, it is a concern that we haven't been there yet, we being, you know, just the healthcare market in general. Uh, but the hope is, of course, that, you know, with the the lower cost profile of some of these facilities, that they may be able to get into these more underserved communities. Sure, that would be great, too. Uh, what can traditional healthcare providers learn from the success of these retail clinics? So I do think, you know, talking about the collaboration piece, uh, I think that is really important because, again, I had said at the top that a lot of this uh, patient behavior is centered around the convenience of being able to kind of go down the street and, and get an appointment quickly and easily. So I think that when the traditional providers look at that sort of that strategy or, or how it's been built, it, it's a question of a few things. One is the convenience, you know, having hours that are outside of the normal physician group's office hours, or it could be the ease in which you can get a, an appointment or it could just be the location uh, and the vast number of locations that that each of these retail clinics have. It it kind of puts those traditional providers who are centrally located. Maybe they have one clinic here or there. Uh, again, it does come to a real estate sort of question where, you know, if I'm a large health system and I'm trying to replicate the success success of some of these retail clinics, it may be cheaper and easier to partner with a lot of the the clinics that are already out there just because you don't have to go buy that real estate. Real estate's very expensive, uh, especially in some of the areas where a lot of the health systems are. So rather than, you know, trying to 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 grab land and then build something and 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 build your own system, partnering with those systems that are already existing and maybe there's some revenue share model or there's some uh sort of agreement that can be put in place that allows all parties to benefit, especially the patient. You know, I think that that is the the wave of the future. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Todd, and for sharing your valuable insights on this trending topic. Absolutely. Very happy to be here, Kelly. And uh, anytime, just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And if a listener wants to learn more or contact you to discuss this topic further, how best can they do that? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can contact me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm up there. Just search for Todd Bellamere and you'll find me right away. Awesome. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time. This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.